Welcome to Foundations Christians Fellowship Church weekly podcast. It is our desire to train and equip the believer to be a mature disciple who loves the Word of God and are passionate about their faith and devotion to Jesus Christ. If you would like to learn more about our church, please visit our website at www.foundations-ministries.org. Now let's join today's message already in progress. deed may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly may god bless the readers hearers and doers of his holy word amen, amen. <clears throat> let's pray god once again we are gathered in your presence lord to experience what it what it feels like lord to be impacted by your holy spirit god this is a very very sacred moment and God we focus our hearts because we understand that the preaching and the proclamation of the word calls for everybody to sit silently and reverently waiting to hear what the Lord has to say we know that you're talking today and we're here not simply to hear Lord let us not only be hearers of the word but God doers Doers of the word make impact, make impacts in their generation. So, Lord, that's what we're asking today. So, will you please remove the blinders, unstop the deaf ears, help us to hear what the Spirit wants to say today. Let pride go, let arrogance go, let anything that would be contrary to the proclamation of the truth of your word be expelled at this moment. And we're asking for a fresh wind of your Holy Spirit that you would empower this vessel so that when I speak, I speak the very words of God. And Lord God, not my own will, but your will be done. We thank you and we praise you. And all God's people said, amen. 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 You may be seated in the Lord's presence. You have everybody to come on in and we'll get right into it this day. Amen. We had began a series Uh, last week, uh, talking about the title of the series is Christmas is Forgiving. And last week, we talked about the importance of becoming a tither in the kingdom of God. We talked about the blessing of it, that as the children of God, we want to make sure that we advance the cause of Christ by making sure his work is sustained in the earth, the work of ministry. Amen. And so we, I thought we gave good, strong, biblical uh, evidence of why every believer, I believe, should become a tither in the kingdom. Uh, and this week, I want to talk about the subject of giving, because we'll be talking about giving all month. But I want to talk this morning specifically about giving and serving one another. Giving and serving one another. Uh, Before I get into the meat of what I want to talk about, uh, many of you know, and some of you who have heard this story must bear with me, and so Sister Dive, I want to give you a heads up. You've probably heard this many times over, Uh, but most of you got to meet my brother uh, during our church anniversary a few months ago, and uh, what some of you may not realize is that me and my wife were married for about one year. Uh, 
Uh, we got married in 1991. Uh, and about a year after being married to my wife, my youngest brother, I'm one of five siblings, I'm the oldest. I mean, when you're the oldest, there's more incumbent upon you. Uh, and I had the responsibility of kind of uh, taking care of things because my dad was absent. He wasn't involved. And I would get phone calls on a regular basis about my brother who was just off the charts. I mean, he was selling drugs, toting guns. Uh, he, was, he was wild and crazy. And he, did, and he was at the ripe old age, guess 13 years of age, okay, 13 years old. Uh, me and my wife make a decision at that time, and there were many who had warned me against doing so. Remember, I am a young believer. I have not been in the kingdom that long. So my first thought process is, well, first of all, my wife is married. She's pregnant with the boy that's in the back over there, my oldest boy. She's pregnant. Uh, and, she, and at that time, my wife uh, is somewhere in the age of six, seven months pregnant. I am new on the police force. I don't really know anybody. I just got saved. I'm on fire for God, but I don't have a lot of knowledge. I don't have a lot of wisdom. I don't have a lot of understanding about spiritual things, but I knew how to pray. And, and I remember that I tried to find every reason, because I would get these phone calls from the other siblings, you better come get him, because if you don't come and get him, he is going to die in the streets. And I, I would get these phone calls. And so, so I'm trying to think of every reason. Y'all you, you, you know what I'm talking about. You know, sometimes you know the Lord is speaking to you about something, but you try to think of every reason why it's not the Lord speaking to you. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And so I was trying to find every reason to say, this is not of God. And then I had help. My folks on the job, my coworkers was like, man, you, this is crazy, man. He's, you know, he, you're putting your family in danger. For you to do something like that, that, that's nuts. You should not bring your brother into your environment. And da, da. But all I know is I just kept hearing God saying to do it. I, I just can't explain it to you. It was an audible voice, but I felt the impression of God saying, you need to step up and do this. We stepped up and we took my brother in. We raised him from the time that he was about 13, 14 years of age. We got him through high school, which at the time, he was flunking everything. And he had S because he only went to school about maybe three times out of a school year, to give you an idea. Um, we brought him in, took him in, got saved. You ought to have said amen. That was your one opportunity. You should have said amen. <laughs> Gave his life to Christ. His life gets transformed. And he graduated gave his life to Christ, then went on to college, went on to Bible school, and now he's part of a large church where he's pastoring there over in Texas, doing very well. His wife loves the Lord. His kids are absolutely gorgeous. Some of you who got to see him, you hear me brag about him all the time. And the reason why I brag about him all the time is because I learned a very valuable lesson then that it still sticks with me today. That when you are willing to give of yourself, when you are willing to sacrifice your own convenience in exchange for seeing a life change, your life will be all the better for it. And I learned at that moment that I could never, ever outgive God. I never had a problem. I, you, remember, you remember I told you I had a problem with tithing when I first came into the kingdom? After that episode, I didn't have a problem giving to God anymore. Because I, I realize the power of giving of yourself and service and to the extent that my brother is on. Y'all saw him, right? Some of you saw. 
He is on fire for God. But it came out of a life that was in turmoil, but somebody decided to step up. A Christian, see, I was saved. He wasn't. Okay, that's another thing. I was saved. He wasn't. But I said, Lord, use me. We sung, this is why this song, this is why the praise songs are so good this morning. Uh, because he says songs like, you know, we sing songs like, uh, you know, my life is not my own. Uh, Lord, I give myself away. I mean, I'm sitting there and my, I'm about to jump out of my soul. Because if the church ever get a, get a revelation on what it means to become a giver. Now, when we talk about giving, we're not just talking about giving of your money, which is part of it. But we're talking about a giving of your entire life to God. That you're giving yourself to serving, to loving, and to caring for other people. I'm still living off of that manner, and that was almost, I don't know, 20 years ago. And I still think of that and, 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 and how God used me. And, and, and so I just, I just structured my life so that I want to be a blessing to people. I mean, no stinginess, stinginess is not a Christian virtue. Whatever, were, whatever you thought about giving before you came into the kingdom of God, now that you have been saved, you know you got to change. That being stingy, being self-seeking is not a kingdom virtue. It's not who we are. My goal in this message is to inspire and encourage you to be a lifetime giver. You see, for us, Christmas is about giving, right? Everybody, you hear that. And people going, to, I mean, I love this time of year. But, you know, for us, it's no big deal because you are supposed to be giving all the time. You know what the brother did yesterday at Sister April's? We're going to talk about that in a little bit. I mean, God was all over this message today. I mean, I mean what, what the brother did at our house, you know, we're supposed to be laying down our lives for each other like that all the time. A giver. Jesus, how many know Jesus was a giver? Jesus said, follow me. He said, he constantly said to his disciples, he said, follow me. So what we are supposed to be doing as people of God, we're supposed to be looking and peering into the life of Jesus, right? And we're supposed to pattern our life after him. The Bible says that Jesus went around doing good. Amen? Acts 10.38. I want to read the verse to you. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went around doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was what? With him. I, I want you to hear this word this morning because it's, it's I'm so excited. Can you tell? Because, because Jesus, he healed the sick. When people were hungry, he was moved with compassion. You know, when he fed 5,000 people, he was moved. He just didn't, he didn't give a gift and he, was, he detached himself. Everything when he gave, he gave because he loved it. He was emotionally attached. When we go next week and minister to those folks, I want you to come emotionally. Don't just come and drop off your gift and say, I feel good. You haven't done nothing yet until you emotionally invest yourself because you want to see life through the lens of Christ. Amen? Amen. And so Jesus loved people. He constantly ran around doing good, healing people, delivering people, feeding them, caring for them, and he listened to them. 
This is what he did. And you know, you're supposed to be the same way. That you and I are supposed to be people that are constantly giving of ourselves. Not this kind of stuff. You know, let me tell you one thing that, that bugs me. And here's what, let me help you a little bit. I don't have a lot of time, but let, let me help you a little bit here. Um, become a giver because God is a giver. Amen. Don't become a giver based on whether or not people give to you. You know, I hear people say that. You know, people in the uh, church folks say it all the time. Well, you know what? How come nobody do this and that for me? Let me tell you something, and I, me and my wife had this discussion all the time, because my wife, you know, my wife, she's a little bit more, you know, ladies, come on, y'all help me out. Y'all are just a little bit more emotional, right? Y'all, y'all, y'all help me out, ladies, just a tad bit. I don't want to get in no trouble, okay? I don't mean, I don't want to offend nobody, but, but, but my wife sometimes, she'd be like, well, how come such and such ain't did this? And I, said, I said, and she said, why are you doing that? I said, I said, baby, because you got to understand something. I, I gave my life to Jesus, I no longer have a life. I do what I do, not predicated upon whether or not you do it back to me. But yet God in his sovereignty, he takes care of me. And, but I never give based upon whether or not you're going to respond back to me the same way. See, people, people, some folk get mixed up in that. And they think, well, well you're, you're not doing it for me. I'm not going to do it for you. Then you missed the whole point. Okay, you're saying, well, you're saying to me, well, Pastor, that don't make sense. Did not Jesus do that? Did not he hung up on that cross? And thank God they said, boy, come down. You're supposed to be the man. Come down. Jesus kept, he said, I'm going to lay down my life. But not only upon the cross, he did it every single day. He kept treating people, loving people, even though they didn't treat him right. Even though they talked about him, they laughed at him, they called him crazy at some points, and yes, they used and abused him. Am I right about it? That's why Jesus said, blessed are those who persecute you. Say all men are evil falsely against you for my sake. He said, because then you're going to be blessed. Jesus gave with no strings attached. That's what true giving is. True giving is when you, I, I don't care what the preachers and you heard in other churches, and we're going to talk about that here in a moment. It's not, listen, I don't want to jump ahead of myself, but true giving is giving with no strings attached. You give because God wants you to give, and it's his character, and that's why you do it. Amen. I'm saved. I'm washed in the blood, and I look. Every believer in here, you should be looking for opportunities to be a blessing to people. Don't just do it Christmas. <clears throat> For us, man, this is like, I mean, this is really an affirmation of something that we're already doing. It's like, yeah, we're doing it, yeah, but, you know, we really get to do it. But, but, but we really are always giving to God. Christmas is not a big deal to us in that way. Amen? Amen. We don't look at it like the world look at it. Now, now, let's look at a couple of verses. Look at Matthew chapter 6. Brother Stephen Jacobs did an excellent job reading that verse for us this morning. <clears throat> Jesus lays down a principle for giving, right? And you want to, you, we want to be like Christ. How many of you say, Pastor, I want to be like Christ? All right, so we're going we're to we're learn how to be like Christ. You know, that's loaded. You want to be like Christ. How many of you want to be like Christ? Amen. How many of you really want to be like Christ? <laughs> You're scared now, aren't you? Um, take a look at his life. <laughs> he was the consummate giver who sacrificed and 
His whole life was one big sacrifice, offering up. So when you say you want to be like Christ, you're saying you want your whole life to be one big sacrifice of offering up yourself to him and to God all the time. Salvation is free, but discipleship costs you what? Your life. Y'all hear me. Now, now, now your amen's got to be strong now. Y'all got to keep helping me. Because you know I'm telling you the truth. We want to be like Jesus, which means that we lay down some things. Jesus said it this way. So we're talking about giving to one another. Watch. Jesus said, take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. So what the Pharisees would do <laughs> is that they would do a good deed. And their goal, watch this, was to please man. Hey, 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 can, look, look, look what I did. It's equivalent to a person that, can, can, come walk with me in this. It's, it's, it's like I go over and I decide to cut Brother Jacob's grass. I get my lawn. And, I cut, and then I come to church and I say, I want to give a testimony. Hey, sure, you know. We love testimony. And I come up and I say, well, I just want to thank the Lord because um, I went over the other day and uh, I cut Brother Jacob's grass. Can y'all give me praise for that? <laughs> How many of y'all would be like, something wrong with that, brother? <laughs> the Bible says in Proverbs, I believe Proverbs 27, 2, let another man please, uh, let, me, let me read it because I want to get it wrong, Amen. Proverbs chapter 27, 2, let another man praise you and not your own mouth, <laughs> a stranger and not your own lips. Now, it is okay. It is okay if other people say, hey, you know what? I want to thank God. I want to I I just thank the Lord that God, uh, you know, for brother so-and-so who came and he blessed me. I mean, no, that glorifies God. But when we give in such a way that we are trying to impress man, then you miss the blessing of God. If you give and your whole thing is, I want Sister April to see what I did. So you wait till Sister April come right around the corner, and then you step out and do your deed. That's your reward. That's the extent of it. Mature Christians, watch this. Mature Christians, when they give, they don't talk about it. Mature Christians... They don't say, somebody, I don't know who it was, but we you know some, some few months ago, somebody decided to bless our family real good. I don't know who it is. I don't even want to know who it was. And they didn't want me to know who they were. But they, when I say real good, they bless us real good. Real good. Real good. So you can get it. I don't know who it was. But here's the point I want to make. They did not want it to be known because you know who saw that? God. And what did God say as it relates to that? Now watch this. Now watch this. Jesus said it this way. He says, and, and he says, look at verse number two. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, which he didn't say if you do a charitable deed, is when you are expected to give, to do good deeds, time, money, resources. Somebody say, Amen, Pastor. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet. Oh, look what I did. Everybody, throw a party for me. He says, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets. That's what they would do. That they may have glory from men. 
Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, watch this. Do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. I want you to follow me with this. It's almost next to impossible. I mean, your, your body is your body. My hands, it's all attached, right? It's kind of difficult for one hand to do something and the other parts of my body don't know it. What was Jesus really trying there to communicate? He was trying to express the intensity by which we should try to keep our giving private and unto him. So he says, so when you give, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. In other words, shut up. Jesus just spiritualized it. I just, I'm coming to ghetto. I just say, shut up. And Jesus, that's what Jesus was saying. Don't talk about it. Don't say nothing about it. Don't go back and tell everybody, look, 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 look what I did. Hey, if God speaks to you about meeting a need, just meet the need. Don't, shh, shh, why? Don't say a word. Here's the thing. Here's what he said. Here's why. Are you still with me? He says, watch this in verse number four. That, verse four, that your charitable deed may be in secret. And when your father who sees in secret, watch this, will himself. Last time I heard, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Last time I heard, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Last time I heard, uh, uh, he is the supreme owner of all things. So when I have somebody who got that kind of power, when I have somebody who has that kind of stuff, I mean, no, I can keep my mouth shut because he said he's going to reward me. I want him to reward me. He said, and not only did he say he won't reward you, he said, I'm going to reward you openly. In other words, God is going to bless you in a way that everybody's going to see and know that you're blessed. Man, you're blessed. And you know what it's all tied back to? You're a giver. Blessed people give. Good Christians. Everybody say good Christians. They are givers. Jesus, when you give secretly, when you give in the presence of God, not for the glory of men, not to impress men, but you give and say, God, I offer this unto you. And, you know, and God shows you needs every now and then. Am I right about it? You got a choice. <laughs> you can walk up and say, well, I ain't going to worry about it. It ain't my problem. Or you can decide to do something about it. I want our church to be a doing church. Amen. Uh, we don't want to just be a people to talk about it. We want to be a people that live it. We don't want to just be a church that sit and just say, hey, you know what, we love God, but we want the world to see that they look at us and that they say it, they love God. See, when we said here and that, 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 but when people out there can look at us and say, well, them people love God. But you know how they're going to know that? By how we treat each other and how we serve and love and give to one another. Look at your neighbor and say, be a giver. Now, let's look at, let's look at, some, uh, uh, look at Luke chapter 6, 38. I, 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 I said this a moment ago, and I want to kind of reference it as we, because we're almost done, believe it or not. We're not going to be here that long, I don't think. Y'all got faith in that? <laughs> Sister Diver was shaking her head like, no. I'm going to prove you wrong one Sunday. This might be that Sunday. It might be. All right. It said Luke 6, 38, give, right? And it will be what? Given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your bosom. 
But with the same measure that you use, it will measure back to you. Now, here's the mistake that some Christians make. All right, here's the mistake. I'm going to take my jacket off this, okay. Because I, I like to talk to you. I need to get me a little stool so I can like sit here. Sometimes I just want to talk. I want to preach. I want to talk. I want to talk right now. All right. Some Christians make the mistake, right, of thinking this, that the whole thing about giving is so that I can just get. Like Luke 6, 38. You see, Pastor, there it is. Say, give it should be given to you. So, so here, here's what Christians make the mistake of doing. Well, you know what? I won't. It's like, it's like they're saying, I want this over here. So in order to get this over here, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just give so that I can really get that. I'm not giving because I really care about you. I'm not giving because I really love you. You're not that important. I'm giving because my ultimate goal is to get way over here. All right? I want this thing. And so it's a backdoor way of entertaining the spirit of selfishness. Jesus was more or less speaking a principle. He wasn't teaching there that we ought to give to get. Let me tell you something. You never give to get. There's nothing godly about that. Now, now, we can give and expect. There's a difference. Give and expect, but I don't give to get. Make sense? Jesus was saying, give it, we'll be given unto you. Press down, shake your head, run over. God will cause men to put into your bosom. You will be blessed. No question about it, because that's the principle of Scripture. God is a God of prayer. Jesus was merely stating the principle. When you live this way, you will be blessed. But I'm not giving because I want more for myself. I'm giving so I can increase, so I can continue to give more and more. You know, every time you get a raise, God should get a raise. Amen. Amen. Y'all hear that? Every time you get promoted on a job, in your worldly way of thinking, because y'all are holy, y'all ain't like that no more, in your worldly way of thinking, you got a raise, brother, you just went straight to Neiman Marcus, you went straight to the car dealer, you went, you figured out all the stuff, and man, did you just happen to, well, maybe I can be a blessing, well, we'll see how that goes afterwards. But you know, the first thing you do when you get a promotion, because Last I read, too, promotion comes not from the east or the west, but promotion comes from who? So if promotion comes from the east or west, then I need to honor him and make sure that I'm taking care of what's important to him. Amen. How many know people are important to God? And so the goal, the ultimate goal of the giver is to get, is, is watch this, I want more because I want to be a blessing. You follow me? I'm not giving to get. See, if your attitude is, well, I'm just going to just, you know, it's one, well, I'm going I'm to just test God and, and, you know, no, 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 no. Here's the thing. God is saying when we faithfully give to him the right way, here's the principle. When you give to him the right way, you have the right spirit, God will meet your need. Amen. And look, and God will entrust you with more. <laughs> God is a faithful God. God don't like nobody messing up. You got, if you're a bad steward, you can forget it. God don't reward bad stewardship. He, don't, he ain't going if we're bad stewards, forget it. We got to learn, listen to me, you got to learn how to be a good steward of everything God gives you. And it's not that God's against you. Y'all know that, right? God is, God is for you. The Bible says God is for, if God be for you, who can be against you? God is on your side. 
Ain't that good to know? I mean, God, I don't, I, don't, I don't get up every morning whether or not wondering if God is still. God is with me. He loves me. He wants what's best for me. But he is faithful, and God cannot violate himself. And so God will keep us in this thing like you ever seen the little hamster in the little wheel? They just keep moving. They ain't really, you know what I'm saying? You just, you, you just, you know, until you learn the principles that God wants you to learn, you just keep spinning until you figure it out. Because God is going to hold us accountable for how we utilize the things that we give him, meaning our money, our time, how we treat people, you know, and, you know, every, all of it, God is looking at it. Your time is not even your time. I'm going to let that sink in because not everybody believed that. You should see what I just said. Your time is not your time. The Bible says that your boundaries have already been set. Your days have been numbered. You ain't got no control. You don't know how long you're going to be here. So that tells me it ain't my time. It's his time. He's in control. He's the big, he's the big clock. Tick tock. He decides how long we're going to walk on this earth. He decides our boundaries. You know, the place that you're at, you didn't even have really much to do with that. See, I, can, I can really go deep. I can really, I can take you deep. I can give, I don't have time because I got to baptize the brother today. I can take you deep. But you got, you got to understand that, that, that God is sovereign. Your place, your boundaries, your location, God plants you where he wants you. And you think that you did it just like they thought they killed Jesus. Y'all know they didn't kill Jesus. If your theology is right, you know they didn't kill him. Jesus said, no man, take my life, sister April, I lay it down. Jesus was always in control to the outside world. It looked like he, that's why they cried at the cross. <laughs> uh, they had no idea what was about to happen. Oh, gosh. They had no idea what was about to happen. Am I sweating? They're, they're looking at me like I'm sweating. Okay. I feel, I'm, I'm good now. All right. So, so listen to this. Now watch. Are you still with me? All right. Now watch this. So, so we understand that we don't give to get, right? We give because we love God and because I just want to be a blessing. And as I wanted to be a blessing and I'm striving to give him my time and my resources, God in his sovereignty would take care of me. And if you want more, give like that. If you want more, how many of you want more? That's the way you get it. Good motives. Clean heart. No strings attached. Giving to people who can't even give back to you. That's a blessing. Look at, uh, I got five things I want to show you this morning, and then we're going we're gonna to close. All right, this is going to be quick. Uh, five principles or, or ideas about serving and giving to others I want to share with you this morning. First one is, it's all about attitude. It's about attitude, Right? When you talk about giving and serving one another, it is about attitude. We don't have time to turn there, but in, uh, just write the verse down. In the Gospel of John, chapter 13, verses, uh, I believe, uh, 1 through 17. We don't have time to read it. But y'all know the story. And Sister Dive, you can't put it on the screen because I think you have that one. But you remember that, how many of you have ever been to a foot washing service? Okay, all right. Okay, all right. Now, there are some people that read that verse. You know, Jesus, right? I'm going to paraphrase. Jesus is getting ready to die. He knows it. 
The Bible says at the very moment when he realized that his time was up, because now he said, now I'm ready to go. See, control. Jesus is in control. That at that very moment, he takes a towel, he girds himself, and he sits down, and he begins to wash the disciples' feet. And he says, y'all call me master and Lord. And he says, yeah, I, I am. But uh, what I just did to you, you ought to go do likewise. Now, here's a mistake a lot of people make. A lot of people think that Jesus, <laughs> it was all about the foot washing. All right, which is easier? Y'all still with me? Say amen. amen. Which is easier? Is it easier for me to get some nice warm water while you're sitting there, while we're all here, get some soap, and wash my brother's feet? Or that I'm in the comfort of my own home, and you call me up out of my bed, and you need my help? And, or, oh, you need some resource, you need money for something I was saving up to do with something else with it, that, that the Lord has need of it now. Which is easier, to wash his feet or to give up your time and your resources? I ask you a question. Don't laugh at me. Talk to me. Which is easier? Yeah, give me the feet. Give me the soap, brother. Give me the soap. Right? <laughs> that's why, that's why we, ain't have no, we don't have no foot washing services. I ain't against foot washing services. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying... That's not Jesus did not wash feet because he was trying to show them that for the rest of life, everybody just go around washing feet. He was teaching a principle of serving, laying down your life, giving of yourself, your time, your resources, being inconvenienced. And he went to the Lord's common denominator like all of us should do. Do whatever we need to do to help somebody else. Be a servant. That's what Jesus was talking about. It wasn't about foot washing. Now, if you want to wash my feet, let me know. I'll let you wash my feet. Every now and then I need it, but it ain't about that. Just, that, was, that was kidding, okay. I don't need you washing my feet. But it's about attitude. The Bible says in Philippians 2.5, write it down, 2.5 through 7. Let this mind, everybody say mind, be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Now, you know what that means, right? Think like Jesus. That's simply put, that's what he's saying, think like Jesus who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. Now, Jesus made himself of no reputation, but yet he's known. Did you ever, can you ever figure that out? Amen. Jesus, we know what Jesus was doing. He wasn't trying to build a reputation. He made himself of no reputation, but you know about him. You know why? Because God was with him. And when you know when you got God is with you, you don't have to try to impress nobody. You just do what you do in the presence of God, and God will exalt you in due time. If you're upset at work, don't worry about if somebody get promoted in front of you. Don't worry about it. Don't sweat it. Because God, let me tell you, you keep serving unto the Lord, God will exalt you in due time. Amen. And, and, and everybody will know God exalts you, and that's what you want. You want God to get the glory. Somebody ought to say amen to that. That was good. No, that's bad. All right. All right, number two. <laughs> I'm just having a little fun. Is that okay? All right, number two, liberty, watch this, means giving. Liberty means giving. Look at uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. Can y'all run, run with me real quick? Galatians 5, 13. All right, she already got it. For you, brethren, now he's talking about you Christians, you saved, sanctified folk, filled with the Holy Ghost, love Jesus, people. 
For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. All of us have been called to liberty. You've been free. You are free to enjoy your life and have a good time. There are no strings attached. You don't have to, you know what, you can just enjoy your life in God. You don't have to be burdened with legalism and rules and people trying to make your life miserable and all. He said, you've been called to freedom. But how do you know freedom don't mean freedom? Freedom don't mean freedom like we see freedom today. I mean, today, I'm all confused. I mean, you listen to people today. I'm, I'm not confused. I know what's up. But you listen to people today. Y'all pray with me on this. But, but it's like people think that freedom it means that you just do whatever you want to do at the expense of everybody else. That, that ain't freedom. That's bondage. Come on. Freedom is doing what God wants you to do. That's real freedom. How many of you say amen to that? Real freedom is obeying God. I've discovered that in my life. Anytime you ain't obeying God, bondage, hardship, challenges, craziness, difficulties. He said, you've been called to liberty. Only do not use your liberty, watch this, as an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, do what? So, so as, a, as a believer, that's why I keep, get that next verse for me. So as, as, as a Christian, it's not about me just serving my flesh and my own appetites. But he says, but through love, even though you've been called to liberty, he said, but, but use your liberty to be a blessing to Sister April. Use your liberty to be a, a blessing to Sister Lori. Lose your liberty to be a blessing to Brother Steve and Brother Walter. You follow me? Use your liberty to express the glory of God and how you share and you participate in helping one another. Come on. Somebody say amen. That's what your liberty is all about. So liberty, now watch, here's what's the next verse. For all the law is fulfilled in one word. Watch this, even in this. Y'all stay with, you stay with me, say amen. amen. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, just in case you might be tempted to think, well, my neighbor is, is my Christian brothers and sisters. My neighbor is the people I like. My neighbor is the people I know. The Lord could not possibly be talking about this person that lives next beside me who are always getting on my nerve. They, they got loud music. They just drink in the yard. They're stuffing. God could not possibly be talking about me to love them. No way God could not possibly be talking about those people. That, that neighbor, no. The person I work with, that person, no. God, God, when God created that person, he made that one exception. You know, we all think like that. When these love scriptures don't really apply to that brother, God just kind of like said, okay, that one I'll make an exception for. Not. Who is your neighbor? Who is your neighbor? My brother and my sister? My neighbors are just the people that I love, my family? Who is my neighbor? Look at Luke. I'm glad you asked. I saw y'all were asking that question. Uh, Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 37. Diver, you don't have that one. The Lord gave me that one last night while I was studying at midnight. Amen. Luke chapter, uh, we got to read this one. I tried to even, but Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 37. You there? Say amen. Amen. All right. And behold, I love that. This is a great verse, right? A certain man, a lawyer, stood up and tested him. Tested Jesus, saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? I'm going to read fast. He said to him, what is written in the law? What is, what is your reading of it? 
what is your understanding of it? Is what Jesus was asking. So he answered and said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and with your neighbor as yourself. Watch. And he said to him, Jesus said, you have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. But watch this brother. He ain't content there. Watch him. But he wanted to justify himself. All right? Said to Jesus, um, uh, who is my neighbor? (laughs) This brother, he has somebody in mind when he asked Jesus that question. (laughs) You follow me? So Jesus said, yeah, man, you fulfill our loving name. You do right. The conversation would have ended right there. It would have been fine. But he wanted to get some clarification on that neighbor thing because he got somebody that's been bugging him. That's why I said the scripture said that he wanted to justify himself. It was somebody he had a hang up with that he didn't want to help. He didn't want to have nothing to do with. I had, uh, not too long ago, we had a situation at work and, and, and a coworker said something to me and I just had to say, I had to walk away. Said, if such and such, they hated this one, one person so bad. If such and such were laying in the road and, and, uh, and they were bleeding, I would just walk, over, walk up to them and urinate on them and walk away. That's some hate, ain't it? But you ain't like that. Because if you see that, you're supposed to help. Because that's your neighbor. (laughs) Let's let's keep going. I don't believe it yet. All right. But he wanted, verse 29, to justify himself, said to Jesus, who is my neighbor? Then Jesus said, watch this. A certain man, I love how Jesus loved to tell parables, right? He, you know, he was a storyteller. He says, a certain man. I mean, Jesus didn't just answer the question directly. He goes into this big old story. He let you, he let you just, he let you cage yourself. <laughs> he let you box yourself in. A certain man, see, you, you're a smart Christian. You learn how to do that. You learn how to tell stories and let people, let people answer their own stuff. You know, stepping their own stuff. A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now, by chance, <laughs> a certain priest, everybody say priest. priest. Uh, somebody was probably righteous, somebody that uh, understood the things of God, somebody that stand behind the pulpit and do like I do. The priest. <laughs> Came by down the road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. He couldn't even stay on the same side of the road. He said, oh, let me get up on this other side over here. Passed by on the other. Oh, then it gets, it gets worse. Likewise, a Levite, the tribal Levi, Levites, these are spiritual people. These are people that, were, that generally had the responsibility to care for the things of God. When he arrived at the place, he came and looked and passed by what? On the other side. Isn't it interesting that he keep going to the other side? But a certain Samaritan, you know, the Samaritan and Jews, they couldn't get along, right? Oh, yeah. And Jesus goes right to the point, doesn't he? It's like he killed two birds and one stone. He deal with their, he deal with their racism, <laughs> and he deals with their selfishness. He deals with all of them. I mean, he just, he, I mean Jesus just, just piles on. He says, but a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had what on him? So he went to him, bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine. And he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, all right, the rear roof inn, the travel lodge, or the house, whatever you want to call it. It won't, probably won't the Marriott, but who knows? It could have been the Marriott. And took care of him. And on the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave 
them to the innkeeper and said to him, watch this, take care of him. And whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. This brother is emotionally invested. Am I right about it? So which of these three do you think was a neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? He said, um, uh, the one that showed mercy on him. Watch this. Jesus says, and this is a message to all of us. He said, do likewise. That's strong, ain't it? He said, you do just like that. That's, those, that's your neighbor. He didn't know this guy, right? He had no relationship with him. But he acted like him. Mean, he invested in him. I mean, he did all this stuff, took care of him. Then said, you know what got me? He said, when I come, he said, if you overspend, when I come back through this way, I'll pay the rest. Amen. I mean, no, that's called, that's a giver. That's a giver. That's a person that represents who God is. See, when you go to that house next week, and this is kind of a small house, but there's some people, those people are needy. You know what? You have an opportunity to help your neighbor. Amen? And, and they're your neighbor. And you may not even know nothing about them, but they're your neighbor. Number, number four, so we said love your neighbor as yourself. That was number three. Number four, we are to use our gifts and talents in serving one another. First Peter 4.10. You got that one? First Peter 4.10. We only got five. We're almost done. As each one has received a gift. How many of you have received a gift? Minister to it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Now, part of our sharing and our giving is, uh, Sister April said it earlier, she said, you know, we got a lot of gifts in the house. Whatever your gift is, you're supposed to use your gift to serve. If you, you know, there's a, there's a saying that's very true. And I don't, the verse, you can go and look it up because we don't have time to look it up today. But the verse is Matthew 25. The chapter and verse is, is Matthew 25, verses 22 through 28. Basically, is this. If you got a gift, if you don't use it right or handle it right, you lose it. We're supposed to be people. How many know God holds us accountable for how we utilize our gift? If you are gifted at whatever sphere, I don't care what you're gifted at, you're supposed to be serving one another. All of us, we're servants. If you're sitting here today and you're honing the gift and you know we, you know, I've heard, I've had people, nobody here, you know, well, I've had people say, and they'll complain about something, but they won't raise one finger. They never think the once, and maybe God may be saying, won't you step in? Well, the church ain't got this, and the church ain't got that. Okay, well, what you got? What are you going to bring to the church? That's a different way of thinking, isn't it? Full employment. Everybody can get employed in the kingdom, amen? amen. Ain't no such thing or can't find a job in the kingdom. You ain't jobless. <laughs> Hallelujah. You won't work? Work for God. God will take care of the rest. Trust me. You want to work? You want to get it? Work for God. Number five, watch this. We are called to meet urgent needs. That's Titus 3.14. And let our people also learn to maintain good works to meet urgent needs that they may not be unfruitful. There are people right here in this church that have needs. How are you going to know it? How are you going to find out? We are called to meet urgent, or I like in some versions, pressing needs. And if you ever hear me stand in front of this church and I say, hey, we got a family in need, you better believe that we have a family in need. And everybody should be willing to step up to go beyond to make sure that whatever a family needs in, this, in our house, amen, that we can meet that need. 
that nobody in here sit back and say when it's time to give. That's why we say we don't, have, you know, we don't have in our church. I like we don't have people when it's time for the offering be ducking and trying to like, you know, or put their head down. No, we have people like, man, I, that's great. Love it. Man, show me where I can be a blessing. Show me. I, I want to. God has been so good to me. How many of you would testify God's been good to you? Everybody in here say, God, then you know what? Go do likewise. Go give to somebody else. There's people in this church that have a need. And, and here's, here's what I want to challenge you. And I'm, I'm done. But here's what I want to challenge you. I'm going to challenge you with a verse, and I'm going to read it, but you write it down. 1 Timothy 6, verses 18 through 19. Let them do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life. Now, watch this. I, I thought this would be a good way to conclude this message this morning. I want to challenge all of us, and I believe this is the Spirit of God leading me to do this, to find out needs that are around you. We, you know, we said, the Bible says that we are to be especially good to those who are of the household of faith. You know, we have to take care of our own. Good, we, we, we can't really learn how to give our debt until we learn how to give love and share with one another. You see, that's the foundation of it. And ask God. I mean, ask God, so Lord, is there anybody I can be a blessing to that's, that's in this church? And then maybe there's somebody in your neighborhood. There's somebody, God, a friend, a co-worker, somebody that will never expect anything from you. I say, Lord, show me. Now, when you ask, when you pray that prayer, be careful. Because you're going to be overwhelmed. It's like you're going to have your hard drive going to crash. I'm telling you. Now, for those of you who have a need, that doesn't mean that you just walk around and say, oh, but I got a need. I got a need. And because you're supposed to also meet needs where you're at. Amen. See, see here, here's, what, here's what we're saying. The attitude for all of us is, Lord, I want to be a blessing. I want to be. See, it's something about that. When God says, I will come back and I will, be a, I will bless you. I will take care of you because we're seeking somebody to help somebody else. And so I want our church, I want you to prayerfully ask God. And, and Sister April, um, at our house next week, we have our Christmas party. and We had a blast last year, and I expect it to be nothing short of, a, of an awesome time. And I hope everybody comes because we have a blast. We only do it once a year. And we have an opportunity. We give, and it's fun. It's, but, you know, I want us to even go beyond that. Just think and say, Lord, where is it that I can be a blessing to my brother and my sister? Because sometimes I think we serve each other and we just assume that everybody is good. And you have people that leave here and they're struggling, they're hurting, and nobody ever knows it. They can barely put food on a counter. They can barely have their lights on. And nobody, how many know that if we can help, then we want to be a people that help. We ought to give to each other. This is, this is who we are. If this is who we are, then it should be a very easy thing for us. We're not mad about it. We're not, we, this is great for us, man. This is our, God, I thank you so much. I, and then when you have the opportunity to do that, how much more blessed you will be. Amen. I want to I leave you that. I want to leave you with that challenge. And I believe that God will bless you even more so you would always have an abundance for every good work. That you always have full sufficiency. And everybody in here should be able to give something. Something. Um, if you don't believe me, go look at some of the people in the third world countries and places. It's, it's rough. They have nothing. All of us have something to give. Your time, your resources, your love, your encouragement. Don't just run out of the hair on Sundays. 
and think, oh, I've got to get out of here. But just hang around for like maybe five minutes and say, let me talk to somebody. I'm convinced that sometimes people run out of church real quick because they don't want to talk. They just think they're about themselves. Sometimes people have legitimate things to do. Don't get me wrong. But I think sometimes people want to get out because they don't want to get involved like that. I got to go. I want us to be relational in that we care for each other's needs. Amen? Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. If you don't know Jesus this morning as your Lord and Savior, we never want to close the service without an opportunity to to give you a chance to give your life to Jesus. This is why we do what we do. And uh, we don't want to assume that everybody know Jesus. He says, today I knock. I knock. None of this makes sense to you if you don't know him. You will spend eternity lost. You will spend eternity in a hell that will never be quenched. And Jesus loved you so much. He loved us so much that he came and died and gave of himself so that we can have life. This life is free. This life is eternal. And it's all representative of his love for us. And so if that's you this morning, you say, Pastor Bailey, I'm not sure. If I die today, I don't know where I would end up. I don't know if I go to heaven or hell. I really don't have a clue. If that's you this morning, you're saying, Pastor Bailey, I want to know that I can have eternal life should I leave this earth, I know exactly where I'm going. You say, Pastor, I don't know, but I want to know today, and I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to try this Jesus. If that's you, raise your hand. You want to know him? You're a believer here this morning, and the Holy Spirit has convicted you in any way. I want you to take a moment, matter of fact, and just... Ask the Lord, have there been any areas in your life where you have neglected his voice and his call for you to help and to give in some way? Take a moment, search your hearts, and, and then repent, and then covenant with God to do differently. Let's take a moment and search our hearts. Good day, amen. Let's stand to your feet and give God praise.